Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, doing good. Uh, very excited to talk about uh, the games tonight, as all these games are just making more and more storylines with the wild card races. Uh, it was also Roberto Clemente Day today in the MLB, so we'll certainly talk a little bit about that. But, uh, LJ, shall we jump right into it? Absolutely. We're going to go ahead and start with a bit of a discussion piece on a New York Post article that came out. Um, I want to say it was just it was at tonight. It was just like an hour and a half ago mm-hmm. or an hour ago even. Yeah, it's actually an hour. Hour exact was... Oh, no, 9 o'clock. Okay. I got it an hour ago. 9 p.m. Um, the night, Wednesday night, September 15th. Yes. So to summarize this article, it's basically them trying to, them discussing why exactly the Mets have not found a suitable, high-quality president of, ba- of baseball operations yet. And they bring up a very good point among this. Not only do you, of course, have the two Jared Porter and the DUI guy. Um, Tom, yeah, the G. Uh, talk, talk to Tom, the DUI guy. Um, Zach Scott. Zach Scott, thank you. Uh, not only do you have that stigma, the bad publicity of those guys being the last two in the job, but Brandon, I think they're, they have a lot of truth in saying Steve Cohen's involvement with the team or over-involvement and over-vocalization is the reason they're not attracting more favorable candidates. Over-vocalization on social media, not just in general, right? Because I do feel that that's an important distinction to make because I believe that the owner should be very involved, not with the actual moves, but with the day-to-day operations of the team and that they understand why the GMs are making these moves. Because I feel like, and I'm going to go off top for just a second, a lot of these GM or a lot of these owners don't fully understand why GMs make the moves that they do. They don't fully understand the MLB structure, I guess, like the way that their payroll, 
the way the rosters are. They don't really get that. And for Steve Cullen, I believe he does get that. But you're right on social media. Right. He was like ripping the team like they're 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 hitting. And I'm all for an owner posting positive things on social media. And, you know, he gets excited when they win and he posts up like I love that. But they are right that there is some stuff that he posts on social media that certainly isn't the best choice for him to make, especially when he literally deleted Twitter after his real life job prior to the prior to owning the Mets, you know, after he took some flack from the whole GameStop stock scandal. But no, LJ, that's a, you know, it, it, it is a good point because I don't know if they said specifically in here what he said, LJ. I don't know if you saw. It, it, it is. It doesn't matter because specifically what he said recently doesn't matter because it's the same stuff that he's been saying all along. He has never once drawn a line between Steve Cohen, the, fa- the fan, and Steve Cohen, the owner. Steve Cohen, the fan, is long past now. He has been the owner for, he's not, not a year, but almost an entire MLB season. You have to put that life in part behind you. You can still be so passionate about the team. I mean, for Pete's sake, so many teams have ownership that absolutely adores their team. It's not a business to them. It is a love. And yet they don't interfere, vocalize, put so much noise out there in discontent into the open air. Like he, it's almost like he's airing grievances with his staff on Twitter. Like, you know, that, that, yeah. that's, how, that's how a lot of those things come across. And you add that into a lot of other factors where it's basically just a giant drama fest there. I would never want to take that job. I don't care how good they are because you have Steve Cohen that's going to be keep on doing this. He's going to be just like uh, James Dolan with the Knicks and he's going to keep running his mouth. And All right. He's no, you cannot. Com- James no, Dolan no, no, no. actively doesn't care about his franchise. He does not care about the product that is on the court. At least Steve Cohen cares. No, but I can certainly compare them in the fact that both of them have very quick, very quickly within and very largely managed to become total distractions to their team. James Dolan, until these last couple of years where they basically put a gag order on him, found a new way to stir things up and be a distraction for the Knicks every single year. Steve Cohen's no different. The Joker of Gotham is no different. Francisco Lindor, not only yeah, talked only about is, that. Yeah. is he a freaking drama case every single time he goes out there, but he's tied to this team, glued to this team for the next 10 years after this. He has a 10-year extension starting next year. You have to deal with this guy for at least the majority of that. And I mean, he's probably asking why so serious because this is actually like, this stuff matters to other people. You being a distraction isn't helping anyone. And most most potential president of baseball ops people recognize the fact that it's not, if you get in to that position, it's where you get into that position. Because there is certainly some hesitancy to hire guys that aren't successful in their first first run or second run with a team. If you've got a guy like Dave Dombrowski who has been able to put together quality teams in multiple different spots, World Series caliber teams, it doesn't matter how poorly he's managed rosters because you know that he can get you there, even if it's for a short while. So they're willing to grab that guy. But let's say Dave Dombrowski completely whiffed his first couple, his first time. Is another team going to take a chance on a guy that was completely unsuccessful? Odds are not. And you're more likely to be unsuccessful in a situation like New York than a lot of other places. One thing here is that, uh, so Sandy Alderson, who like is what, what is his exact role with the team? He is the president of the team. So he's not the president of baseball operations. He's the, he's the president. president of the team. Yeah. Okay. So he has kind of been like the 
de facto GM president of baseball operations, though, since Zach Scott got, yeah, D. Yeah, there hasn't been much to do. But, yeah. Uh, Alderson apparently told someone that he would prefer to keep Luis Rojas as the manager next year. Uh, but also the same source said that Steve Cohen is going to have an impact on or some kind of substantial input on that matter, along with another source telling this New York Post writer, which is Mike Puma, that prior to purchasing the team, Cohen really liked Carlos Beltran as uh, getting hired as the manager prior to the 2020 season. Of course, he left, of course, because the Astros sign-stealing scheme. But, I mean... Brendan, would you be mad if they brought him back? Because I certainly wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. I, I, but the thing is, for a guy, like, here's my thing. That seems like a very much Aaron Boone-like hiring. Just because Carlos Beltran played for the Mets. Like, you cannot pull a guy. You, it's been proven. You cannot pull a guy off the street and make him a major league manager. Start him off in AAA. LJ, because this is like, what is, show me something that is, that is different from Carlos Beltran and Aaron Boone, because there's, it's the exact same hire. It's, it's literally the same hire. It is, is, it's a similar hire. I will give you that. I think the credentials of Beltran are, are stronger. Yeah. I don't think that. I, I don't think, I don't think it's the same because it feels almost as if from a team leadership standpoint, he has been basically grooming himself for eventual managerial responsibility for several years. He was easily, certainly a leader, a coach. A coach is probably the best word on that 2017 Astros team. Oh, he was a coach. All right. When he went to the GM or when he went to whoever and created the sign stealing scandal, he was a good coach then. All right. Regardless of that. Um, we're just going to sweep that one under the rug. That we're, never we're ignoring that for right now, because you know what my next point is? My next point is the fact that when he was hired, I heard very few people saying that that was a bad move. No, because there are, there are a lot of people in baseball that think he's going to do a fantastic job. And if the, that sentiment is still there after the suspension, you know, I think he is absolutely he absolutely deserves to get a shot here. And the other thing, I'm just going to go back to this. It is wholly unfair that he got suspended. And, yeah, the fact not, that he and, got and suspended, not, but no Astros, uh, no other Astros. And it, it's it's just such easy to play to see BS. It, it's, it shows just how afraid the league was of having to deal with the union and have to deal with suspending suspending guys for that with the union issue because the only player that they suspended from that team was the only guy that was retired from that team. <laughs> but so to be why, fair, if they were going to suspend someone, it makes sense why it would be him. I mean, like I said, he is the brains behind the, the operation. Like he, he was the guy who went to whoever and came up with this plan. He, he, he was the guy. So it makes sense. But no, you're right. I mean, for him to not even, he would have been better off coming out of retirement and just like playing in double A because then he wouldn't have got suspended, right? And then he could have just waited it out for a few years and then retired and then became a manager. It, it, it just looked, it looked so bad on the MLB the more you looked at it. I mean, I think everyone everyone was so eager to be mad at the Astros that they didn't care whether or not he, he was getting just treatment. But the fact that he was the only player from that team that got suspended is ridiculous. Well, let's move on. And we want to talk a little bit about Roberto Clemente Day. Uh, first of all, really cool that the MLB did this today. Uh I believe it's what character community contributions is the tagline. Yes. Uh, the, they also released the 30 nominees for the Roberto Clemente award. Uh, this is going to be a stupid 
uh, quest, uh, question. Sure. Actually, I'm gonna uh, let me rephrase that. Okay. This is a question for all the people that don't understand it. Okay. Out there, just a journalist. Can you explain what the difference is between the Roberto Clemente Award and the and the finalists they announced at All Star Weekend for something? I forget what award that was. So but they sound very similar to me. You know, I also have the same question. So I'm going to read what it says on the Roberto Clemente Award, and then we're going to look at what the other award was. Do we remember what the name of the other award was? Was it the Roberto Clemente Award? I feel like no, they wouldn't announce them twice. So this says the Roberto Clemente Award is, pre is presented each year to the major league player who best represents the game of baseball through extraordinary character, community involvement, philanthropy, and positive contributions both on and off the field. Okay, now let me hold on. I swear there was. No, I, I know what you're talking about. I it definitely sounds like exactly the same. So. You are thinking of, so it's not the one that Adam Wainwright won, won last year, right? Because that's the Roberto Clemente. No, they, they announced something All-Star Weekend. I'm on the MLB.com like a award. Hold on. I, I know exactly what you're talking you know about. what I'm talking about, yeah. they Because we broke down who we thought should win it. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. But, it was like the Heart and Hustle Contribution Award or whatever. I don't remember. Yeah, but what was that? It can be like if you guys know this, please tweet at us because you're we're gonna explore by award. Okay, let me see if I can find it. Insurance awards post pushed us far down, pretty far down the rabbit hole, haven't I? What are some of like some of these? What is the Hutch Award? Given to the MLB player who demonstrates honor, courage, and dedication. Well, this got this stopped being gave out in the 2018 season. All right, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um this award, Roberto Clemente Award, uh a few of the nominees, I mean, at least the notable names. Nelson Cruz was the twins nominee. Uh Pete Alonzo, uh, Nathan Avaldi, Trey Mancini. Uh, for the Yankees, it was Kyle Higashioka, Joey Votto, Brandon Crawford, Kyle Seeger, Paul Goldschmidt, Alex Bregman, okay, uh, Miguel Cabrera, Mike Trout, Justin Turner, Bo Bichette, Max Scherzer for the Nationals. Yeah, uh, pretty good group there, Alec Bohm. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know who, who, who they're going to give it to, but uh, it's certainly a good group of players to pick from. But uh, I'm happy that the MLB has a day recognizing Roberto Clemente, who is genuinely, I think, one of the most talented baseball players ever. And had he not gotten into – I mean, he when he did die, it was towards the end of his playing career – well, he could have played, most people think, for maybe four or five more years into his 40s. He would have racked up the counting stats uh, a lot more. And, you know, you, you can just go look at his stats on baseball reference. Was That's a phenomenally talented hitter for basically 18 years of his career. I mean, from age 25 on, he was an elite hitter every single year and was an MVP contender every single year and a gold glover every year. I, ju I just really appreciate the fact that he got exactly 3000 hits. Isn't that amazing? Like, and he, beautiful. And the, it and looks so good that, on the reference page. Oh yeah. And 12, 12 gold gloves, 15 time all-star, uh, two world series, a world series, MVP, uh, regular season MVP. And he's in the hall of fame. Uh, LJ 94, 
war. It's not bad. No, that's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, yeah, certainly one of the greatest players ever. And what better than the team that he was on his entire career, the Pittsburgh Pirates. They walk off the Cincinnati Reds tonight in what is a huge game for the Reds to drop as they were kind of banking on these games against the Pirates here. But Pirates come through on Roberto Clemente Day. The walk-off hit was by Colin Moran. It was a ground out. Uh, they're just, I think there was like an error or something. I didn't see exactly how they ended up scoring. But uh, Wilmer Defoe scores the winning run. And, you know, good for the Pirates. I mean, it's been a rough season. LJ and I were talking prior to the show. Uh, you know, we said we think the Pirates are going to do a lot more losing between now and the end of the season and probably for the next few years. But LJ, when you look at the prospects that Pittsburgh has coming up, they have a ton of top 100 prospects that are going to be up the next few years. I mean, this is crazy. They got like 10, 10 guys. Yeah, they've got 10 guys. I think the... And they just had the number one pick. The interesting part, all right, I guess it would be, it would be more interesting to me if they were a bigger market having this many, purely because of the amount of options they could theoretically have. Because you, mm-hmm. you've got realist, let's, let's say eight of these guys are coming up in the next year or two. Yeah. Well, if, the, if that's the case, then by the time... Henry Davis and Quinn Priester and whoever their first round pick is next year come up, or maybe even the one after that, they're going to have a real idea of what the bulk of this young core actually looks like, if they're actually any good or not. That I think, that I think is a huge thing for the team because once you already have a grasp of the rest of the roster around it, you can start building towards when these top, guy, top, top guys are going to be really good. And, you know, the few guys that they have to build around right now are really not bad. I mean, uh, Key Brian Hayes certainly has not hit the best this year. He also hasn't played the whole year. Uh, He's only 24, and a lot of people think that he has the potential to be a star player. Brian Reynolds has been having an outstanding season, Uh, 23 home runs, clearly the best hitter on this team. He only has a year of service time under his belt. He's 26. And then, you know, even a guy like Jacob Stallings, a catcher, he's a little bit older, but his hitting stats for a catcher are actually pretty good. The pitching is where, you know, it goes downhill. Uh, But when you have all of these, you know, potential pitchers and hitters coming up, at least there's a couple of hitters on this roster that like, I'm, I'm confident that in a few years, Key Brian Hayes and maybe Brian Reynolds are both solid starters, which I don't think is far to say that they are right now. I mean, Brian Reynolds has been more than a solid player this year. Oh, been, easily. So there's certainly something there for them to build around. And I mean, look, they've done a lot of losing in Pittsburgh for basically the history of the franchise. I mean, they've been around since 1882 and they've only won uh oh you know they have won like five world series but they haven't won one since 1979 and they if it hasn't happened in our lifetime it didn't happen well lj they've only made the playoffs uh three times since 1993 and it was uh that run they had in 13 14 and 15 they missed every single other year since 1993 so and we all and we we've all seen how great that run ended Oh, yeah. Uh, two wild card losses and then a loss in game five of the NLDS. So brutal. But at least they won one game. Yeah. No, they did. That is a long time to only win one game, though. Like, that's kind of brutal. It's, yeah. Uh, hey, I mean, at least they have Brian Reynolds. <laughs> that's their saving grace. And Key Brian Hayes. All right, uh, Cardinals-Mets, uh, we just want to talk about the result of this one and how it affects the wild card. Wait, Cardinals. Wait, 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 can we rewind real quick? 
Rewind. Oh, Rewind. Because... We kind of ignored the fact that the Reds have dropped another game in the middle of this wild card stretch. Oh no! Oh no! I said I said this is a game. Oh, that yeah, but, like, that, that, that's a huge. That's a huge deal. We cannot <laughs> understand. Oh yeah. So we're so where's what's the standings at now, and and it'll lead us right into this Cardinals game. Well, uh, of course, we'll check in on this game a little later, but depending on the result of the Giants and the Padres tonight, it looks like it'll either be a they'll either be fourth in the wild card race or third. If San Diego loses, San Diego drops to two and a half games or two games back. Cincinnati is currently standing at one and a half games back on St. Louis, who we'll talk about next, played well, very, very well once again. So they're doing everything they could possibly want to do right right now. Brandon, are we comfortable in saying, what would you say is the realistic elimination games back right now? Four? Like if you're at four, if, if you're at four games out, you're four games out of the wild card game. What wild three. card now? Three, 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 okay. because that would mean you'd have to sweep someone. Like if you swept the team in front of you, you would still be tied. Like that at that point, I'm done yeah. drawing the line. Like <laughs> you're telling me you could go into their place Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and walk out of there with three wins and still not be up there. Like there's just not enough games left in the season. So, so. Uh, Realistically, by that logic, this is a four-horse race. Yep. The Padres with a loss are hanging on by a prayer. They'll have lost six in a row if they lose tonight. Which, again, doesn't surprise anyone who's watched this team in the last half. No. It's been shocking. No. Uh, the Reds with the loss have lost four in a row, which is slightly more shocking. The run for Reds October is not going very well right now. They can't seem to find it. No, they can't. Uh, <laughs> props to them for staying in this race for this long, though, because we literally – I remember we, when we did our Reds season preview, it was, like, literally, like, I think the 15th team we did, so it was the exact halfway point. And all we really had to say was, like, well, they're probably going to be, like, a league average team, and that's if about – don't have Trevor Bauer. That was basically the only insight you could really give on that. They don't have Sonny Gray power. might be good. <laughs> and, they, and they're playing third baseman at literally every position. Uh, yes, that's right. I forgot about that. Uh, Sonny Gray and Wade Miley have both been really good, though. Same with Tyler Molly. So they've gotten good starting pitching. Once well, they don't, their bullpen, I don't think we really any, – did anyone really realize – I know I'm stuttering a lot tonight. I'm so sorry. But did anyone really comprehend – how bad this bullpen could actually be. Luis Sessa, baby. He's having a career year. It sucks the Yanks traded him. Honestly, the fact that they're only 28th in ERA is a little bit jarring, seeing the fact that they have changed the entire bullpen like three times this year trying to get something decent. Literally like a full... I don't think there's a single guy who was in the bullpen at the start of the season other than... Amir Garrett, Lucas Sims, and Michael Lorenzen. Everyone else who has been on this roster somehow got on the team, whether it was Justin Wilson, Luis Sessa, Michael Givens, Sean Doolittle, who they signed in the offseason, and then now he's gone. Uh, It's been a mess. Well, I will also mention this. Two weeks ago, Heath Hembry was the closer of this team. He's currently not on the roster. That shows you how rough things have been. And this is a team that has a very legit shot to make the playoffs. Like, I did not think that this was actually possible these days. The bullpen is everything to baseball now. And this team has just smashed, smashed their way to a potential playoff berth. And frankly, they're the team I most want to see in and out of this group. Well, the Cardinals tonight, they uh, certainly didn't, uh, you know, they didn't wait to get things going. Five runs in the first inning off of Tyler Miguel. Uh, John Lester got the start. 
for the Cardinals, six innings, six hits, two earned runs. Uh, and really, I mean, when you when you drop five in the first inning, you get a huge Tyler O'Neill double, Dylan Carlson single, Harrison Bader single. When you go up five nothing, I mean, you're just so in control of the game. A guy like John, John Lester, you know he's going to go out there and get you deep into the game. Him seeing that he has a 5-0 five, five lead is honestly probably the best thing in the world for a guy like John Lester, for an old starter, is then just way more confidence in yourself. You can settle in. You can be a little bit more conservative with your pitches. And uh, he pitched good tonight. Even though the Mets did have 13 hits, uh, a lot of the hits they ended up getting in the last few innings there. Uh, but big game for the Cardinals offensively. Paul Goldschmidt, three for five. Arenado, two for four. Tyler O'Neill, two for five. Just a lot of hits, a lot of action tonight. And Cardinals are hot. I mean, now they've won five in a row. They've seemingly come out of nowhere. They still have a negative run on differential on the season. But LJ, do I dare say that if they stay hot, I mean. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. I don't want to go too crazy here, but in 2019, a team by the name of the Washington Nationals was in a very similar spot. Uh, now they did have a like actual good pitching, but they had the a hitting, hall of fa- they had they had a Hall of Famer. Is the hitting that far? Hall of Famer on the other side of the ball as well. Okay, but okay, yes, but LJ is the hitting that far off? I mean. The, the the top, you know, the two, three, four of Goldschmidt, Tyler O'Neill, Nolan Arenado has just been producing so many runs this year. You stick Tommy Edmond in the leadoff spot. You put Yachty fifth. I mean, that lineup, I think, is better than that Nats lineup. Seriously. I mean, Arenado and Goldschmidt is just is just so scary to face in the playoffs. And even in the Tony Rendon juiced ball year. All right, it was Tony Rendon, you know, all right, Trey Turner, Soto, Rendon, but, okay. Didn't, like, another guy have, like, there was somebody weird. That Howie had, Kendrick was, had, like. Howie Kendrick, thank you. He had the huge game seven home run, yeah. It wasn't yeah. even just game seven. He was mad. He was absolutely mad. Oh, he had, a world, he had a home run in, or he had a grand slam in the uh, NLCS. Um, look, I think that's a, it's spicy. I don't see it. I, I I think there's just there's the thing with the Nationals here. That was probably the weakest the league has been, or at least weakest weakest the league has felt in a number of years. I can't I can't I cannot think that they can work their magic against a near hundred win Dodgers team, a potential hundred hundred win Giants team. And or a potential, and or a very very good Brewers team. They can't get through all of those just to go play another team that is also possibly better than the 2019 Astros on the other side. No, no, I agree. I, it was a spicy a take. It was a spicy take. I just wanted to see, just because I see the lineup, and I know that if if you have the hot bats in the playoffs, it it can really carry you a long way. I'll give you one that's not as spicy that I was cooking up while you were talking, though. Mm-hmm. The Reds 
100% need to be the team you're rooting for to get into this playoff because I think they're the clear favorite to be able to upset the Dodgers. Interesting. I look at this team and I see you're calling that the best lineup. I think based on pure production and pure production potential, it goes to this Cincinnati Reds team. We then, we then turn to a part of the season in which pitcher rest matters less than ever, especially if you're a team that's just trying to make it as far as you can. You're not trying to, you're not focused on a world, winning the quote unquote, winning the world series. You're not sa- saving arms for later in the playoffs. You just figure it out. You just figure it out. You figure it out. And so I could see a, a situation here and I'm going to use a term that I wouldn't normally use on this show, but it's the only one I can think of to, describe the performance it would need to be if you just if you throw away to Miley out there and he goes absolutely ape shit against that Dodgers lineup and the 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 offense continues to mash I mean where are you going to get a better combination of that with the group Darvish is not what he was to start the year we had talked about him a couple weeks ago and how horrendously he has fallen off since the all-star really since the all-star break or since I'll take I will take Joe Musgrove versus the Dodgers over you, Darvish. Yes, but again, will you take Joe Musgrove or you take Wade Miley? You know that's tough. And then you consider it's tough, bad- LJ. It's it's a lot closer than than you think because no, I, I agree. I agree, it's close. But I'm now setting it apart with the fact that the Padres' offense has also been no bueno. Right. The past but year. And also, then you're going, and then you're going and looking at one of the best lineups in the league scoring wise sixth the, the sixth team in scoring you're pairing up with them to see who would be more likely to beat the Dodgers not to mention they've the Dodgers have beat faced Cincinnati less this year and Cincinnati beat them earlier in the season no that's true I think also though when you get to the one game wild card you literally just have to throw all the stats out the window I mean it's one game you can't like if you if you're like trying to bet on the game and you're like basing it on stuff that's happened previously in the year or in a guy's career against players you, you just have to throw it out the window it's a one game playoff the sample size is just astronomically small it, it's in the wild card game i think it's more of a 50-50 than almost any sporting event ever especially when you consider how unpredictable baseball is and then you put the one game aspect behind it you literally just get a couple home runs like if you're the padres and yeah they've been bad and sure they could enter the wild card game against whoever on a terrible streak like they have been but if tatis and for whatever reason eric hosmer sure let's say he goes deep i mean you get two home runs. I mean, you can just put yourself in such a good spot. And it's it, it just makes it so unpredictable, makes it so exciting. The MLB, LJ, like you said the other day, Rob Manfred cares about the bottom line, uh, which I did learn about, believe it or not, in class today, the actual meaning. <laughs> well, Brandon, that's what I forgot to te- check on. Attendance percentage. Mm. Attendance percentage. For school oh yeah a hundred percent have not missed a class that did that sound convincing is the second question i should be asking. Uh, no 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 very ask, convinced. i won't ask it <laughs> no uh but lj who's saying that it's going to be the dodgers in the wild card please let it be please let it be the dodgers please let it i would love to see the giants in the wild card game why do you not like uh, you know, as much as, like, I don't know, I would. It's so hard to go back to back in baseball. I, 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 it'd be cool if the Dodgers did that. Yes, it'd be cool if the Dodgers did that. However, because then they have potential. This, like, this isn't me disrespect. This isn't me disrespecting the Giants, but we just went through that whole thing. Or oh wait, we haven't gone through it again, have we? Have we talked about the fact that the Giants have haven't won ten straight yet? Okay, that was off camera. Basically. The Giants are the have the best record in the league, and they haven't won more than ten games in a row this year. 
they're not a team that gets streaky and just goes and dominates like that. However, I feel very comfortable with them in a five-game series. Like, I, I can see them winning in a five- or seven-game series against any team. I feel less comfortable about them in a one-game than I do about the Dodgers. And I think I most I, – with most strength, I want to see Giants-Dodgers in the second round of the playoffs in the divisional yeah, round. somehow. Just and, somehow get me that. And so, yes, yeah, somehow. However, I think the, the most comfortable way for me to do it is with the Dodgers beating somebody in the wild card. So that's what I am rooting for. But honestly, if there was a team that was ever built for the wild card game, you could argue it's the Dodgers because they well, everyone I, go ahead. Oh, I made that point a couple of weeks ago that I wouldn't I would do everybody as effectively an opener. I would go through everybody but their maybe maybe their number 2 pitcher. I would do the leave their whoever they decided is their number two that they want to start game one of the AL, the NLDS out of the rotation and then go with your next like three guys one one time through the rotation one time through the order each. I mean, they could start Kershaw and then for the NLDS they're. Three could be Scherzer, Bueller, Kershaw. And then Urias is just like the long inning guy. And uh, Danny Duffy is just the is is he coming back? Like what's 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 the word with him? I, hope he's coming back. I haven't heard anything about. Him. Well, he hasn't played as a Dodger, has he, right? No, he has not. He came to the Dodgers hurt. Okay, well. No, no, I could see a scenario where you you could effectively, yeah, I, I would love to see them throw two of those starters in this game. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't necessarily care who, but at least two of them. Like, if you, if you put Bueller and Kershaw in this, in, the, in a wild card game, no one's stopping that. No. And then, and then if you're only making them go once through the order each, or if you do three and once through the order each, that's going to significantly cut down in how much you have to rest them. But I think whoever starts the game, Kershaw is not going to pitch three innings. He, he's just not, that's not happening. He's, he's going six or seven. These guys are trained to go for that long. You put Walker Bueller out there. If he's dealing, he's not coming out of the game. He's refusing to exit. Well, I know, but I think actually Walker Bueller is an interesting point because so many of these new ideas are much more oriented towards the way that these guys have learned to play the game that they'd be more they'd be more fine with it. Guys like Urias, guys like Bueller would be a little more prone to looking that way. I don't know. There's a lot you can do with this team. Absolutely. Well, let's hey, we got we got like 20 more minutes left. Do we wanna Touch the AL at all this week? Yeah, no, I feel like we should. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll start off with Red Sox Mariners, where the Red Sox uh, sneak away with a victory. They go crazy in the 10th inning today. They get to beat up on the no ones coming out of the Seattle bullpen. And, uh, yeah, you know, not the best result, especially as a Yankees fan. Uh, LJ, yeah. I'm sure you're happy. Uh, because I believe Tanner Houck pitched Tanner Houck pitched good, and then after that, you're a bullpen pitched really good. But uh, I'm 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 just jealous you guys got to beat up on that terrible bullpen. Yeah, especially especially seeing you guys can continue, and I don't I don't quite understand it. Maybe you can find some. Maybe you have some sort of explanation. Why why do the Yankees exactly struggle so much with the Orioles? We play down to, to competition. No, no, no. It's because the Yankees do the thing where they play like their their B roster against the bad teams because they think that even like end, even at the end of September. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. LJ, come on now. We started we started Clark Schmidt the other day in a Sunday night game. Yeah, that was. A LJ, we do not care about winning games. We care about winning games next week. And then when it's next week, we care about winning games next week. It's been, 
this endless cycle of punting series here and there to then gear up for the big week. And then at the, at the end of August, when, when we were doing it, it was, oh, well, we have to gear up for this next 25 game stretch. And then during the 25 game stretch, we were doing it again. I've just never seen an organization think like that. Every team, the teams that are good, they go into whatever city they're in and they play their players and they win or they lose. The Yankees have a whole scripted out plan of, okay, we're calling up these three pitchers, but because we don't want to have to DFA Brooks Krisky, we're going to make sure that we use him and then we'll give him a phantom IL injury so then we can call back up Sal Romano. Like it, it's this entire, it's it's this entire thing that is just made so complicated when if they just played their best players and started their best pitchers, you would win. And we saw the last few nights, that's what the Yankees finally did. They won three in a row. Uh, it's, and to extend that point, I would be so frustrated as a Yankees fan because, and I'm not trying to, I'm not certainly not trying to say that like their season is over or anything. There is a three-way tie. Well, let's also get this out of the way. The Mariners, the, the second and third place teams from the NL AL West are now officially eliminated from, or not officially, I'm sorry, effectively eliminated from postseason contention. Four games out, A's and Mariners. Four games out for both the A's and the Mariners. They're not an issue. Now well, we have- well, Oakland is about to win, though, so they're going to be three games out. They're going to be Kansas City. Three, well, they'd be three and a half games out. They? Three and a half, yeah, okay. You're still under our three-game, or still above our three-game threshold. Right. So they're out. We've got three teams vying for two spots right now. And they're all AL East teams. <laughs> they're all tied. They're all AL East teams. And we looked at it yesterday. Of the three, the Yankees easily have the hardest schedule of the group. Having to play all of the top three teams from their own division to finish off the season. Can we talk so, about how Toronto? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, you're going to say you talk about how easy the Red Sox schedule hypothetically should be. No, how the Blue Jays have a better run run differential than the Yankees and Red Sox combined. Yeah, that's because they blow teams out, let blow teams like the Red Sox out just for shits and giggles. Must be nice to blow teams out. Whenever you know, we're in for. Never referred to the Red Sox over the past week as they continue to lose one run games. I've never I've never seen them come so so close and fail for such a long se- series of time. Like they hadn't done that all year. It now, usually been pretty decisive. Now but, LJ, imagine if the Yankees, Red Sox, and Blue Jays were not in the AL East, they would have the potential to outright win the AL West or Central. <laughs> it's it's crazy how competitive these three teams are, and the Rays are just that for that much better than everyone. It's it's nuts. Um, but anyway, back to my point, there is, I, I would be comfortable saying on the show right now, the most likely scenario is that the Yankees lose or left out by like a game or two. Those game, that game okay. or two is easily made up for if they just play normal baseball throughout the year. Oh, if we don't have any of our 20 20- just terrible losses. I mean, I posted something on Reddit the other day. If you're on the Yankees Reddit, you probably see me post on there quite a bit. And I literally went through the schedule. And this was like back in June when I first put this together. And I found like 12 games where it was an atrocious loss. And I mean, there's just, I mean, two of them I was personally at. LJ was at one of them. Uh, certainly wasn't a bad loss for him. But imagine if two of those games went our way. Just two of them. If Chapman doesn't allow back-to-back home runs in Minnesota for us to lose, we're up a game right now on them. If, you know, we don't blow all these other games, even just a it could couple. Be very, it, could be, it could be extremely comfortable for them. It because- could be. 
or if we decided to, you know, play against the Orioles like the way the the other teams do and beat them, <laughs> which we're trying to figure out now. The difference between the Yankees, the Reds, the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Blue Jays are those types of games. If there was a category, like if there was a column in the standings for painful losses, the Yankees would rank very high in those. And, and that, those are games that are kind of thrown away. It's one thing that that's, all right, what am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is painful losses like that are only added on top of the heat, whether the team is hot or cold. Like both the Blue Jays and the Red Sox have gotten unbelievably cold at points this year, particularly the Red Sox, August, the Blue Jays have been up and down all year, incredibly inconsistent. However, the Yankees, the Yankees, because of the way baseball is, it's a streaky game, are doing the same thing more or less. However, they've also thrown games away in addition to that. They've been the most up and down team in the league. And at points, it just seems like, I mean, that 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 13 game win streak, I was I wasn't, I didn't think I, no, I don't think I made any crazy hot takes during the 13 game win streak. I was happy, but I knew not to get too far in over my head uh, because I knew that, look, every baseball team has ups and downs during the year, but this season just feels like it's been no, just completely different to years past. But look, we're in for a good one with the AL East. Uh, I did. Can can we touch on this Yankees Orioles thing that happened tonight, though? Yes. Okay, LJ. This is probably a first uh, that that I've ever seen. So basically, I believe it was. Oh, I'm gonna go to the tweet that I added you in, so I can exactly tell this. Um, the Yankees in the top of the ninth inning are down by two runs and they have runners on base and Brett Gardner is up and it's the middle of the at-bat and the grounds crew for the Orioles, they know it's going to rain soon. So they are standing like behind the tarp, like on the field of play, like in foul territory behind the tarp, right? So in front of where the screen is, got it. And the umps are like, no, this is the top. It's the top of the ninth inning. Like we're not calling it. We're, we're not bringing out the tarp because we think it's going to rain. Like we're not doing that. The Orioles grounds crew people still like stay there because of course they're under direction from other people than the umps, right? They're, they have a boss that's telling them probably go stand by the tarp. It's going to rain. We got to bring the tarp out. The umps then. Not to mention mention the most logical thing to do. They're not doing any harm by standing behind the. No. uh, Tarp. They're not. So if the ump decided to change his mind, they're right there to immediately run on. So remember, this is the middle of an at-bat. Like this is a very high stakes at-bat. Second and third with one out and the Yankees are down by two runs. The ump then chooses to eject the entire Orioles grounds crew. The entire grounds crew just gets sent off the field, and you see all these guys in their orange polos and khakis just running down the right field line back into where the grounds crew stay, usually during the game. Uh to the at-bat finishes with Brett Gardner hitting a blooper, which the Orioles are unable to catch in two runs score. Literally the next pitch, the next pitch gives the Yankees the lead. Then we get to the next batter, and guess what happens? The rain starts to come down. <laughs> and the umps are just like, you know what? If we're going to get to the bottom of the ninth, we're not pulling the tarp. We're not doing anything. But, boy, the umps must have felt stupid when they realized it started raining. And they were like, you know, we didn't, 
you know, we don't need to eject the guys. <laughs> we could just have them just stand there. We could have had them just do the harmless thing that they were already doing. Which was stand there. Yeah. Like what, poss- what possible harm could come from them standing there? They get, and, in, they get in, into the way of a play that was already doomed to fail if a guy's diving over the tarp. Those plays never, almost never go well. Also, I'd like to give a shout out to Cedric Mullins, who had a insane home run robbery tonight. Uh, he robbed Gary Sanchez after he hit an absolute nuke off of John Means. Uh, John Means did pitch pretty good tonight, though. Five and two-thirds, two earned runs. Uh, Nasty Nestor continues to save the season for the Yankees. Six and a third, three hits, one earned run, 11 strikeouts. Nestor Cortez Jr. will be in the 2021 Yankee starting rotation, whether you like it or not. Genuinely, I am very excited to see what he brings us next year as a full-time starter, because I don't think you can ever put this guy back in the bullpen. The way that he's pitched the second half of this season, he's the turn. He's turned into a legitimate above average starting pitcher, just out of nowhere. Like we started off his entire career. He's either been the opener and goes for two innings. And then they were like, well, we'll have you go for three innings as the opener. Then they just kept extending it. And he just kept pitching scoreless innings. They're like, what if we just made you a starter instead of the opener? And come through so many games. I mean, I I love the man. Shohei Otani. I mean, he made Shohei Otani laugh during the middle of an at-bat with his antics. Nasty Nestor saving the year. I got to see him pitch against Blake Snell uh, one year. Or actually, no, it was Charlie Morton uh, who pitched. But, again, for the Rays, uh, went to a Yankees-Rays game. Uh, but do we want to talk for last? We want to talk about Blake Snell and then probably yeah, ch- check in on the Giants-Padres game. Why don't we go ahead and check out on that game now? I don't think it's going to change that. All right. The Padres are up 5-2 to two in the fourth bottom of the fourth inning. Uh, the starter for the Giants was – okay, they've already used five pitchers. So uh, – they're back on their whole. We don't have a. We only have two starters, and we do bullpen games the other three games. Okay, uh, Joe Musgrove started for the Padres, three and two thirds, two earned runs as of right now. Should the Giants win, they would have won ten in a row. Their uh, first for the first time since since two thousand four, mind you. Wow. Okay. That. Wait a minute. Wait a wait a. So they won three championships, and they never won won. ten games in a row in any of those seasons and they were and those were 100 win teams i think right they never won 100 games when they won the world series they won 92 94 and 88 because i forgot that they like didn't make the playoffs the years that they weren't winning the world series they were just actually up and down that much uh, but yeah, uh, Padres are looking like they're gonna hang on. It's early though. Uh, but Blake Snell of the IL, the Padres signed Vince Velasquez, who just got cut by the Phillies. Uh, he's gonna start tomorrow's game. Yeah, no, Friday's game. He's starting on Friday. Uh, we just talked about the Padres how. We like both the Reds and the Cardinals over them in the wild card. I don't know how long Blake Snell is going to be out for. I believe they said it's left adductor groin strain. Uh, I don't know what the typical timetable for return on that is, but does it matter? No, because he's not going to be an impact player in the postseason. No. Jake Arrieta. Jeez, how did I forget Jake Arrieta is on the Arrieta is a Padre, yeah. Geez, they just signed too many guys. <laughs> too many pitchers, LJ. Too many pitchers. All right. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there. Thank you all for listening. Check us out Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at MLB Daily Pod. And uh, yeah, we, we will see you tomorrow. See you manana.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.